Authorized is on Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash authorized pod if you want to support us. For $3 a month, you can help us buy these books. For $6 a month, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast. And for even more money, you can demand that we read and discuss a certain novelization. Pretty cool. If we get enough listeners, we will start putting out bonus episodes, so tell your friends. Authorized.com. It's not authorized.com. What? Patreon.com slash authorized pod. Welcome to Authorized, a podcast where we usually discuss the novelization of any film fortunate enough to have one. Sometimes, however, a movie we've read gets a sequel, even though it ended in the mass suicide of its entire cast. How could we not check out what that's all about? Movies are nonsensical combat reels that barely pay homage or take inspiration from the film they claim to sequelize. With the barest trappings of who these people are and why they are doing what they are doing, movies fill 80% of their runtime with running, punching, and stabbing that, while not incompetently staged, is pretty forgettable. Allegedly birthed from the classic tale of Choshingura, movies have zero connective tissue to that real event and don't even really bother to world-build the reality of their own self-contained story. Put simply, I didn't understand why any of this stuff was happening. We are your hosts, a loose coalition of Witchblade enthusiasts. We want it. We gotta get it. My name is Andrew Overby. I'm Johnny Pomato. And I'm Hannah Blackman. Blade of the 47 Ronin is a 2022 martial arts, I guess, film <laughs> directed by Ron Yuan. It follows Luna, a young woman in present-day Budapest, attempting to sell an ancient sword. When she is beset upon by violent attackers intent on stealing this weapon, Luna learns that her sword is one of two that must be united in order to defeat an evil that has persisted through the centuries. Underneath the veneer of modern life, defenders of the Code of the 47 Ronin still exist and are in a secret war with the acolytes of the long-dead witch, Mitsuki, we guess. Will this new, <laughs> I mean, I guess, will this new League of Samurai Souls be able to maintain Earth's peaceful status quo? Or will the dark magic which once sent Lord Asano's kingdom into chaos return to, like, I don't know, just cause major uh, problems somehow? Andrew's made a joke here that simply isn't going to work, so I'm skipping it. I think it's nothing. really good. Well, it's just not <laughs> applicable to the location wherein this takes place. People live there. <laughs> okay. I said that the dark magic would raise the rent. Which, yeah, is fine. But, okay, whatever. The point is, I it's cut not it fine. off at it's the an knees. Insidious and that was my mistake. And now of... I'm going to continue right. with the, <laughs> the deal. <laughs> Blade of the 47 Ronin was released on Netflix on October 25th, 2022. Due to its high streaming performance, we're told, Netflix <laughs> indicated that a third film is in the works. 
Uh, which, uh, okay. That indication means nothing, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Netflix. They could very easily just never follow up on that yeah. or announce that it's canceled. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't exist until it's there on your streaming service. Yeah, you can always tell what movies are hits on Netflix because they'll tell you if they're <laughs> hits or not. Yeah, Blade of the 47 Ronin. <laughs> I, when we read the plot to this movie when when hannah reads that blurb that i wrote Mm -hmm. even though i watched the movie and i wrote the blurb every time the information hits me afresh because this is not a film in my opinion that is constructed to stick in the mind in any way it has almost no logical progression of one event to the next uh i don't remember anyone's name or why anything occurred in this movie uh, but they punch each other so much, and I did kind of admire that perversely. I would say that like many Netflix movies, this is actually meant to be played in the background while you're on your phone. So it doesn't really have to hang together. It's supposed to like you glance up and you're like, oh, cool. And then you go back to whatever you were doing. And you can definitely do that with this movie because you won't have to read subtitles because, you know, n- no one is speaking Japanese whatsoever. Or... Yeah. <sighs> I disagree with you, Hannah. I think that there are Netflix movies that are utter trash that are designed to be more memorable than this or that end up being more memorable than this. You and I both Example? did not have a great time with The Gray Man, the Shea Wiggum vehicle. Uh, <laughs> don't say that. Don't don't just mislead people that way as I was if misled. If people haven't watched The Gray Man, uh, it's the strangest use of Shay, I it's think not I've ever strange. seen. It's not strange. It's very it's, on brand. Hannah, it feels late in his career for it, but it's... No, no. He's done it a thousand times. <laughs> I want to double down on this because I could just be wrong, but I truly feel that it's very normal for Shay to show up for two seconds mm-hmm. in something, but the level to which it's .001 second in the gray man and he's never fully on screen and you can only kind of go I think that's his voice I mean it is truly like below an acting role It's it, it flabbergasted me I agree it feels like somebody was like hey man are you available for 25 minutes and he was like you mm-hmm. betcha I love making money like he's never said no to a job as far as I can tell <laughs> it is I think it's less of a role than Zach Kreger in Barbarian I that's an interesting argument because I think that Shay in The Gray Man has more like plot weight, even though he is not really present. They talk about how bad a guy he is, like a lot, right? Enough. Yeah, but to I'm the point where I'm like, from... uh, sorry, go. No, no, no. You're right. I think the amount of time he's on screen is less than Kreger and Barbarian, which is like one second wherein he is called a slur. Yep, and he's his his back is to the camera. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I'm just thinking of it as an actor. Yeah. I would rather be Kreger in Barbarian than I would be Shea Wiggum in The Gray Man. Johnny, I'm sure you didn't watch <laughs> Netflix as The Gray Man, but uh, it, there's a lot of references to abuse and then there's uh, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. It's like half a second of yeah, somebody much. being basically going uh, as if they're beating someone and it's Shea Wiggum's voice. It's so You see his face for one second. Not all of it. Um, (laughs) No, not all of Uh, it. Yeah, I did not know that Shea Wiggum was in that movie. Uh, I I voted it like the plague, but... uh, It's not on my Shea spreadsheet, and so (laughs) that's my bad. Here's why I brought up The Gray Man to begin with. The Gray Man, which sucks ass, is... (laughs) 
is at least a movie I could vaguely recount to you. Oh, I could not. Oh, that movie just has enough set pieces that are awful that I, I just, I like, they change location a lot. I don't know. Something about Blade of the 47 Ronin. Well, for example, I could just tell you the gray man, uh, he's hunting a criminal who is Chris Evans. And at one point, mm-hmm. he f- falls into a prison. Remember that? Uh, and then the prison floods and he has to get out. That's a lot. I've already said more than I can remember about Blade of the 47 Ronin. I mean, what what is this movie about, Johnny? What's the movie about? Oh, okay. Uh, in Budapest, a bunch of samurai have gathered uh, because uh, there's there's also in witches 2022 there. 2022 Budapest. Y- yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, uh, yes, uh, but they, they have all gathered there because it's cheaper to film in Budapest than it is in other places. And that's why <laughs> they're there. That That's the only reason why they're there. Let's face it. There's no real they justification for why this takes place in Budapest. Say in the movie that it takes okay. place in Budapest because it is where East and West meet. I'm not saying it's a good argument. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what they say. I mean, it's not the prime meridian. Huh? Huh? That, that, that wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, I uh, I roped my wife into watching this with me because she studies karate and likes Japanese films. And I said, well, at the very least, we'll see some fun Tokyo locations and you'll see some, some you know, good, you know, Japanese dialogue and, and you'll get to practice your, uh, your your reading with the subtitles. And, uh, uh, and, and instantly I realized, oh, no, this isn't one of those real movies. This is one of those movies that was shot in Budapest and like look carefully and you might see Bruce Willis or John Travolta in the background shooting another movie because that's where they are all shot now all these like sort of direct to Netflix or direct to Redbox movies so they go there and the the, uh, the one lady is selling a sword and she doesn't know that it's one of the swords from the movie 47 Ronin yeah, she's like a thief. She's like uh, she's like one of those like uh, uh, thieving like Aladdin type chosen ones, where it's like, oh, I'm just like a, a little street urchin who's who's you know up to no good and stealing things, turning a profit. But really, I'm like the the, the key to solving this uh, the, this international ancient uh, mystical crisis. So she thinks. yeah. So she thinks. So she so they thinks. All think. The 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 thing that boggles my mind about this movie is that it's is it's sequel it's a sequel of 47 ronin 47 ronin for all of its flaws for all of its issues is a movie overstuffed with plot it doesn't execute uh you know it's romance it's adventure it's intrigue well but it has all this stuff you know this guy gets brought into the community then he gets exiled because he's essentially wrongfully accused of something then unrelated the emperor gets killed then they decide they need the guy back but he's in prison it's like there's all this stuff in 47 ronin uh even if you don't think it's pulled off well and in blade of the 47 ronin people show up in budapest and go hey we need that sword you have we're the good guys there's bad guys just so you know and then there's almost no plot for the entire film. Agreed. Uh, there's a little plot. There's, they gotta find the other half of the sword. Yeah, mm-hmm. to make the Tengu sword, they have to put the two swords together. And so that's happening. 
they keep meeting up and uh, people who you think are loyal to one side will betray the other, like sort of a, as a way to trick the audience into thinking that like something is happening. Like, oh, the tables are turned. But like, I don't know that the, the table was always round. So it's like you can turn it all you like. It's always the same shape. There's twists and turns. Yeah, there there's is. There's red the, herrings. Yeah, the, there's the, the, baddies the, the and blonde bitties. bodyguard. Yeah, yeah. There's one twist in the center of the film. All right, let's let's talk about this plot a little bit. So, uh, okay, Lord Arai seeks help from Hirano, a witch, to fight the villainous witch Yure, who intends to destroy all samurai. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. This scene with the two of these guys is pretty good. Yeah, that first the scene, be- the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. I was like, if this chilling. is the movie, I'm into it. I like these guys. I love Mister Witch and Mister Samurai teaming up, and then they both get fucking killed immediately. Then there's a, a parenthetical in this plot description. Yure is the descendant of Mizuki, the witch who served as Lord Kira's aide. Lord Kira, the villain of 47 mm-hmm. Ronin. I don't think that that's explicit in the film. Well, yeah. she It says she was killed by Kai, one of the original 47. Right. The the way in which this is a sequel is so funny that they're going... Uh, it's There's a lot to learn about the connection if you look it up. <laughs> So that was my question to all of you, because I never saw the original uh, Keanu Loyalist, though I am. Uh, I, I was wondering, is there a single character that carries over? Because usually these, like, uh, you know, the, these these late sequels, these direct-to-video, direct-to-Netflix things, they will find, like, the 11th build person from the last movie and then suddenly make them, if not the main character, at least, like, present. But uh, are, are any of these people, like, carryovers from uh, the last one? You or may recall from the intro that the 47 Ronin ends in a mass suicide of all the main characters. So no! Oh. Simply no. Johnny, okay, there's I... one young guy that gets to walk away because they they feel bad having him commit suicide because he's young. And it it just was 600 years ago or some shit. So he can't be around in this movie. He just can't. Yeah. Usually I just figure they leave someone to tell the story. Like, you know, 300. It's like, oh, gosh, can you believe all 300 of them are dead? Oh, except for this one guy who, like, lived and he's the narrator. Yeah, but... That was 600 years ago or whatever, so it's not happening here. They do at one point reference the Kai, who's the Keanu character, in Blade mm-hmm. of the 47 Ronin, um, in a way that felt confusing and unnecessary <laughs> to me. I don't think that would help any viewer. I was also going into this fully expecting that this would have absolutely nothing to do with the original, mm-hmm. to the point that, like, this... Like, I was kind of hoping this, that like, oh, no, this is just going to be like a good modern samurai movie that they slapped this title on. That it wasn't like a sequel on purpose. It was just like Netflix doing a cash grab thing of, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, let's just call it 47 Ronin 2 or Blade of the and uh, and trick people into watching this uh, for this movie that, you know, if I recall the original, not very popular either. This is like a new Netflix strategy. It's like they're taking older movies that weren't big hits to begin with, but they probably got a lot of streams. Uh, I think R.I.P.D. recently got a Netflix sequel as well right yeah so it's like this is uh i don't know it's a it's a uh, sign of bad things to come as as far as i know (laughs) yeah the the as i've said a bunch of times now the sequel is basically not even a sequel it's crazy they should have done the oceans 11 thing they should have called it 48 ronin and just built the whole movie around that and 
tried to figure out how there were 48 and how there were Ronin in modern times. The, that, that <laughs> That's a laugh. question I have. Yes, go ahead, Hannah. Well, one of the characters, Ryo, is like a Ronin, right? He like is has been exiled from being a samurai. But they never explain why or what he did or... How there are samurai? Is samurai still a thing? What what does that mean? Well, that he's I, exiled from being a samurai. Impression of the film <laughs> was that there was all these samurai lords, right? But they exist like almost like a background mafia style, like not official, but they're doing their own thing, right? But like noble because right. they're samurai, and he was part of that, and then he got kicked out for reasons that are never explained. Yeah, I was also confused about like what sort of time gap there was because I did I thought maybe the original was sort of a pseudo modern take on the legend but no. uh yeah I uh I, I yeah I, I don't know hmm. it is kind of bizarre to me that this movie has maybe three samurai in it not even trying to get close to 47 they never even appear <laughs> to have 47 ever it never mm-hmm. occurred to me to count them and, and like try to figure out if that's like a, a modern equivalent. But no, no, it's it's just like a descendant or two. It's a way in which the movie doesn't take advantage of what could be cool about the premise. So I've bitched and moaned about how it's not connected to the first movie. Fine, whatever. Forget about that. What if this was a good movie is a totally different question. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways it could be good is, okay, Samurai in Modern Times, give me... People in samurai garb in modern cities. Give me lots of samurai fighting in the street. Every instance of combat, while not abysmal, is just so boring. It's... Oh, we we it's like a '90s action movie. It's it's we're in a warehouse now. Oh, we're in the subway. Not fighting on a moving train. That would be too cool. We're just in the subway. They do fight on a train. Is it moving? I think so. I uh, I was faced with the realization watching this, you know, y- y- I-, I wanted to give them props where it's like, well, at least someone had to do like fight choreography. So someone was trying something here. But when I was watching these fights, I kept thinking, I think even I, with a little rehearsal, could do a lot of these moves. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. that That's not a, a great testament to uh, how these fight scenes look this is something i thought about as well we're often in this type of movie you'll be like well the acting isn't great but it's because these actors are martial artists and mm-hmm. they were hired because they can do really cool things quite choreographically um but you are so correct johnny that the fights are not that good they're not that fast they're not that showy they're pretty basic i know a little about fight choreography and i was like this is not this feels to me like actors who couldn't do it at speed and the director mm-hmm. is trying to compensate for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is the same thing. a failing. Uh, and then also the acting isn't like good enough to justify bad fights. Like not to be rude to these lovely actors, but most of them are like, I don't know, struggling under a bad script or just not, I don't know, not, not showing up. <laughs> this, I think, Hannah, that we've, we've done a slow crawl towards transforming me in a very bad way uh, from, from doing... The Willow TV series to the National Treasure TV series to this. This one, this third thing we did that was very quippy and and the humor (laughs) was, I'm not quite laughing, but I can tell it's a joke. Mm -hmm. They kind of got me because I never laughed, but I was sort of like, 
everyone who's acting terribly here, I forgive them because they're all my boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> I was I was crushing on everyone in the movie while simultaneously not understanding a thing that happened and hating it. I, I think I'm with you. There are a bunch of cuties in this movie. Yeah, they agreed. could be cuter. They could be kissing each other, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Not enough kissing, period. Agreed. It does feel like um, Onami and Rio will kiss in a sequel. Mm-hmm. And There's Luna a will kiss road thing. a girl. I would guess. <laughs> I would do. Yeah. I always want to give the benefit of the doubt to actors in a situation like this and just say it's like, well, this dialogue is so bad, no one could sound good delivering these lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few of them, and I won't name names because I'm not mean, but like some of them I, I just think were, were, were quite bad. And it's it's a shame that like the, that's where the bar is, that you know someone was just okay with this i mean they're all very attractive i guess that helps but uh yeah it's like you you either need like a good actor and bad dialogue or good dialogue and bad actor like to to, you know to meet in tandem there were a couple moments of quippy can you believe that that's the thing that i thought were very (laughs) well delivered and i want to stand up and say it there's a couple points where someone will say something like as we all know a witch is doing this. And Luna will be like, a witch? Are you sure a fucking witch? And I was like, okay, you're doing it. You're handing in a believable performance in these moments. And Mm. I was very proud of her because a lot of the time she can't do it. (laughs) I mean, there's also points where she's like, I'm Lord Samurai, go fuck yourself. And I was like, terrible. You could not deliver that line. That's not your fault. (laughs) I liked the one where a character went, did you unite the Tengu sword or are you just happy to see me? Is that real? Real? No, that wasn't there. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that one. Yikes! <laughs> I sort of chuckled uh, when I think it's Luna. Uh, they, they, she goes up to the little like the little bodyguards outside of the facility and says, "Like, oh, excuse me, I didn't realize you were in an energy drink commercial or something." And I thought that was sort of funny, uh, but mostly because it dawned on me in that moment, it's like, "Oh, that's what this movie looks like—an energy drink commercial." <laughs> it's like I, I'm waiting for someone to drink a a Sprite Extreme or something. Yeah. <laughs> But it helped that, like, Luna was sassy. You know, you you need someone to be sassy and commenting on the absurdity of all of this. Do you? Well, or, I I don't know. I I think ultra sincerity wasn't working this time around. I don't think they're trying. I mean, I would prefer ultra sincerity in this type of story for me. (laughs) I think this is a good mix of, like, I I hated the movie. Gave it one star on Letterboxd. (laughs) Terrible, terrible. I, I just think it's a good mix of the sassy with the sincere uh, after going through those other Disney Plus TV shows where everyone is quipping all the time. It was kind of nice to have the the person quipping be the outsider character who's entered this mm-hmm. subculture. Uh, that at least made me go, they thought this through why she would be making the jokes. The, it, it infuriates me when we now have these sci-fi epics where everyone's uh, flossing. I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, Willow is the worst version of that. There's no reason for the level of quippitude occurring in that very sincere universe. Mm -hmm. You're right. This one works better. The characters who are doing it the most, Luna, Rio, you're like, well, I get it. They're like young kids who, like, go to clubs. So, sure. Right. Compared to, like, the samurai chicks who are, like, part of a thing and take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And the samurai lords who 
generally are part of a thing and take it seriously, but then occasionally get quips because they're cool, I guess. Everyone has to get equipped now and again. Like, you can just feel the writers get scared. Eventually they're going, did he say too many serious things in a row? Give him a joke. Look, this movie, which is bad, has uh, a central twist. They're at least trying to do something. They. I think there's a couple little twists that are successfully interesting. Okay, I'm thinking of the one about how Luna's a witch. What are you thinking of? That's a. Go- I think that's a good twist, yeah. that she's a that's witch. That's a twist. I think the, for, I don't know if this is a twist, but the part where Dash is like, I want to look at the sword and you, the viewer, are like, oh no, he's bad. And then he's not bad, he's good, but somebody else is bad. That worked on me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, that one. The little twist at the end where the other samurai lord is a witch. Ninja, he's not on the good set guy's side and he's been hiding out for like 50 years or whatever. And those right. two guys who thought they were friends have to fight to the death. That worked for me, sort of, conceptually. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. It worked for me (laughs) conceptually. I was sitting there for a lot of that stuff, especially for what I see as the big twist, which is that the main character is a witch. Uh, I'm thinking, I I like that they're trying it. (laughs) Um, I'm not sitting there going, what? There is one moment during the big final fight where she like embraces being a witch and they like stop the bad guy in his tracks and he looks at her and she does this little face that's like, yep, I'm a witch, (laughs) which infuriated me. (laughs) Um, Drove me crazy. Also, like by the end, the big villain is like stylized like... I don't know, a Power Rangers villain or the worst type of Highlander, right? Like, what's happening mm-hmm. there? I don't this know. whole thing looked to me like... I, I didn't see the, the modern Power Rangers movie, but, like, that's what this looked like to me. That This sort of, like, uh, the, these things that used to be these, like, plasticky toy commercial type things now trying to look extreme and real. And, uh, yeah, it did, it did have that sheen on it, right? Mm. I'll stand up for the Power Rangers movie. I didn't it. avoid it on purpose. I actually meant to see it. I, I don't agree. know why I never got to it. Because it, it kind of looked like... I, I thought I'd get a little something out of it. You know, I, 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 I was a would. kid once. Mm-hmm. And if you now watch it and then you hate it, that's not my fault. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, you, you'll, you'll, you'll get no blame. It, it should be said uh, in regard to this central twist about the Luna's... They think that she's the descendant of Kai, I think. And then it turns out she's the descendant Somebody. of... Uh, the the witch character from 47 Ronin, and that's a big twist. Uh, this whole universe suddenly skews towards samurai versus witches is the whole thing, which, which Johnny, uh, in 47 Ronin, the plot is that, yes, a witch is involved. Like, basically, this uh, militant lord decides... I want to kill the emperor and I, I want to take over his king, not the emperor, but I want to kill this other lord and take over his kingdom. And he accomplishes it with a, a touch of magic. And then the rest of the movie is about the the samurai, samurai. who no yeah. longer have a master. This movie is like witches and samurai. That's what it was always about, dog. <laughs> this is when I turned to my wife while watching and said, wait a second, there's magic in this? Like, witches? She had also seen the original, uh, the you know, on uh, one of those nights that I wasn't home or something, I guess, and uh, she said, uh, yeah, that's kind of a thing in the original. There's like this one scene, uh, but now, now it's the whole show, which again, 
tells me this was just its own script that they slapped the title onto. They, they, you know, they're really reaching, trying to. I disagree with you, Johnny, because I don't think yeah, that yeah. this. Okay. Uh, it's possible that it was its own script, but I don't think someone goes out and writes this script, uh, a, unmoored from an IP, because it the 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 thrust of the story is. What if one group hated another and they fought over it endlessly? They just kept fighting, and that's all that happened. I can't imagine that outside of the 47 Ronin model this existed because it would just be a bowl of formless gelatin, right? Those get made all the time. I do think it's realistic that it was a bowl of formless gelatin, and then somebody was like, okay, do a heavy pass on this thing. Make it 47 Ronin compliant. Make it about samurais. The other people are fucking witches now. And it I think it probably like the first draft was Jello, and then they made it into the script that they shot, which is a sequel. Yeah. I think it took a lot of wrangling, is what I'm saying. I'm coming around to the <laughs> idea. I, I wonder if the third film it'd be just awesome if they just got all the guys from the first movie back with the second movie people and they had to act together i'm praying i mean i don't know what a third one could be um except i guess it's our main characters fight some other witch faction Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right some other evil witch and they're just fighting evil witches forever and ninjas i guess this movie is really big in ninjas. <laughs> yeah. I know that there's no room in this budget for Keanu to come back, you know, uh, which here's the thing, Andrew, when you made the point, there's like, well, they all died of ritualistic suicide in the last movie. It's like, yeah, but there's witches now. Like, it's a little double, double toil and trouble. And look, Keanu's back if you can afford him, which you clearly can't. Although he did <laughs> pop up in that other Netflix movie last year with like Ali Wong. Right. But but that's for another story. I really feel like there's a difference, though, between movies that are made and then purchased by Netflix that have movie stars in yes. them. Right. And then movies that are made for Netflix. Netflix. And this is the latter. I don't always hate Netflix as a distributor, but I pretty much across the board hate them as a studio. Mm. I I think that's usually how it checks out, although it's been a while since I've uh, tested that theory. Unless you have like a real director, you know, like the the Noah Baumbachs that have been produced by Netflix. They still allowed him to make his movies and those have been fine. Those are good movies. Yeah. I'm going to stand up for those. But on the whole, there's a lot of dreck. I'm a third bowl of porridge on this because I think that the Always Be My Maybe specifically, which, you know, was a movie made separately and purchased by Netflix, I think was also a case of them purchasing a thing that believably was shot like a Netflix movie. 100%. -hmm. That shit looks like a Netflix movie, and it's funnier than one, and it's better written than one, but it still looks like trash. Look, I just watched Your Place or Mine today, which very much is a Netflix movie that feels like it was made for Netflix, but maybe wasn't because it has real movie stars in it. Like, you just don't know. I mean, I think that that's with those sorts of movies and also the uh, whatever the Eddie Murphy, Jonah Hill one is. Mm-hmm. It's like, where did the money go? It It's the actor salaries. And that's it. And that's why everything else looks so bad. Because like, yeah, there is money here. It's all on screen in the in the cast. Johnny, that movie is dismal. Yeah, it, it, I, I certainly got that the, sense. The Jonah Hill one. Oh, my God. I went yeah. in. With, I went into that thinking, you know what? Jonah Hill has had some good movies. 
Eddie Murphy's a living legend. It is. It is. I I said on Letterbox, it's the. It's it's two hours of of the gif of Trump going. I'm hearing this for the first time. Like they really think that you're sitting there being like, people of different races have it different. Yeah, it's a bad sign when you're watching it and thinking, God, I wish I were watching that movie where Eddie Murphy was playing a spaceship again. Mm, I don't know wasn't this one, what, but it sounds good. What, wasn't he a spaceship with little tiny Eddie Murphys mm-hmm. inside of him? What's that movie called? Spaceship Dave. Oh I think. yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Right. We're doing a double feature uh, at the local art house cinema. It's Spaceship Dave and Osmosis Jones. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Let's not mess end. with the classics. Yeah, so the <laughs> twists of the movie, I guess, is all I really want to talk about. It They are interesting in theory. They The execution is very limp. The specific one where she finds out that she is a witch, you know, it's a... It's a Cylon situation. Even she didn't know it. She goes, oh my god, uh-huh. I'm one of the witches. Well, she didn't know anything about herself before entering the movie. There's an argument so... to be made that Luna didn't know anything at all before the movie started. Yeah, I guess she's an orphan and she just has no past. But they don't even really justify it with a, like a uh, an amnesia thing. Like, I don't remember my past. I don't remember where I came from. It's just like, yeah, I, I, I never had parents. She's like, so my dad left. My mom was a witch, but we didn't talk about it very much. And I didn't <laughs> think it was a big deal. <laughs> it's the biggest deal we we fight witches we've been talking about witches and how bad they sooner? are for hours and you're just now being like oh i think my mom might have been a witch like girl bring it up i feel like i don't even remember this well enough to convey what i mean but you know the scene in the airport where luna decides to come back after almost leaving because she's a witch mm-hmm. there's a thing that is already i'm already forgetting actively where she's either having memories of one of the male characters or watching a video of him or something, and then he texts her. And so it becomes this really strange 10 seconds where they're using voiceover to convey she's thinking of this guy. And then it cuts directly to an actual text from him also in voiceover, and the two run into each other as as if they're just one conscious thought. It's, so, it's such poor filmmaking. I, I can't... It's it's hard to do. You get what I mean? It's like she's mm-hmm. like reading a letter almost. It's she like is his voice. A letter. It's a letter, and it's like his voice being like blah 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 blah, and that's why, and that's why, and then she gets a text where that's also his voice that comes in right on top of the letter. It's so discombobulated. But I agree that's a discombobulating sequence. And she sees it and she goes, "I gotta go back." That changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. It did change everything. She's wearing like a beanie the entire movie, which makes me think her mm-hmm. wig was not secure. Uh, <laughs> um, even at like the very last scene, she's like, beanie. And I was like, girl, you're in a business meeting. You would not be wearing that hat unless <laughs> that wig would not stay on. It's fairly stylish. <laughs> Maybe. Hannah Blackman. Oh, <laughs> okay. I mean, do, you have, do we have more to say about this movie? I don't know. I guess I kind of want to talk about the characters a little bit more, but I, if you okay, guys Okay, what do you want to don't... say? Let's go. I'm, re- I'm here. No, I don't know. I think the stuff with, like, the lady samurai who are like, they won't let us be samurai. We have to be this other thing, technically. And the three of them are, like, sisters or whatever. Like, I like all of them. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun that they're, like, you know, female empowerment or whatever. But, like... The main one is like doesn't know where she came from. She can never really be a samurai because she has no past. Literally. 
And then her dad figure is like, but I believe in you, I trust you, and we love you. Like, they're all very loving and kind to each other. I like that element of the movie. I wish that Rio, who's like a ronin, we understood why he was a ronin, and then he had an arc where he proved himself and got to be a samurai again. I think that's kind of a missed opportunity of the film. I really like that henchman with the spiky bat. I think he's cool. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I wish I... that the two of... Because they have the standoff at the end, Rio and the spiky bat kid. And I wish that they had a relationship throughout the movie so that when they fight, it's like ripped as hell. Like, it seems like it would be really fucking cool if those guys were like buddies, but not buddies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I like that stuff. I think that this dude <laughs> did have some good hench people. And I, and I liked Hana, who uh, was the, the sort of like a... a, a Redheaded bodyguard, redheaded blonde bodyguard who who then betrays them mm. and then turns evil, and she is uh, played by Eniko uh, e- e- uh, uh, Fulop, who is a stunt woman, and uh, so you could kind of tell that you know her moves were a little stronger than some of the other people who yeah. were doing this for the first time. Yeah, so that fight towards the end was probably one of the better ones in the the film it it was a one-on-one so it wasn't too messy and you weren't like seeing background samurai like just sort of holding back until it was their turn to make a move and it's like yeah it, it looked okay yeah. i really like that one samurai lord who like joins their crew who's like i like guns i think we should live in the future and use guns i think he oh, was cool as yeah. hell and i was a fan of him and then he has to be like guns don't work against magic we just have to fight with swords i have to kill my yeah. best friend it's very sad he was cool. I liked him, but it is one of my biggest pet peeves in in fantasy movies in general. And this, I and this is barely a fantasy movie, but uh, I I really don't love when a movie like has magic, or in this case, uh, primarily a sword thing, and then at a certain point, it's like, hey, it's time to bring in guns. And it's like, oh come on, you you don't need guns are so easy to, you know, if you're if you're a sword movie, like really own that. And uh, it always bumps me out mm-hmm. when it's like suddenly like we're a gun movie now. I agree with you. I think this movie sidesteps it very well. Where, like, the first time that character is introduced, he's like, we should be using guns. And everyone else tells him, like, guns don't work against magic. So that's pretty stupid, huh? He shoots a couple of people, which is fun. Then the guns don't work against magic, and he has to go back to using swords. And all his gun guys get killed. Yeah, to the movie's credit, it really is just that one sequence. Whereas I I thought, like, oh, here we go. And now it's going to turn into, like, more of a John Wicky clone thing as opposed to, you know, the other Keanu Reeves movie that we're bastardizing. Swords are cool. Swords are cool. I think they were all uh, made out of, like, rubber here, or they were CGI'd in later, and they were just handles. Um, you know, uh, the the line I used on Robin was, Robin, do you know how a Ronin can enter a room and kill a room full of people without spilling a single drop of blood? Well, it's very easy when the blood is CGI. Oh, God, it looks so bad. Anytime someone was bleeding, it's like, oh, gosh, it just looks so bad. Oh, I don't like it. It's rough. I agree. All of the throat slitting, like three people get their throat slit, and yeah. that looks so bad. And that's a pretty mm-hmm. easy practical effect. Except then you would get blood on a costume, and then you'd have to change clothes. <laughs> so it's just easier to not have actual physical blood on set. Man. And, you know, I'd say CGI blood looks bad even in the best of circumstances. And this was not one of those. This, this just looked rough. The third movie, I mm-hmm. think, has some things it could do. Uh, we, I, we already discussed the possibility of bringing some of the samurai elements into the present day, sort of have those two aesthetics overlaid or clashing in, in you know, you know, you know, rip off Westworld. Who gives a fuck? I mean, just that that's the potential you have here. 
and it's as opposed to being derivative of derivative stuff be derivative of a uh, somewhat original remake the other thing is that i feel like the action in 47 Ronin wasn't even that good. And that was the one where 47 Ronin were running around with swords. And it should have been cool as hell, but Carl Rinch sucked. And so, in the third movie, try to get that. Try to get some of what the promise of a bunch of samurai with swords gives us. Uh, it's Some people might be into the type of action that's in this movie, which is very much in line with your John Wick knockoffs, your direct-to-video action movies, uh, but you have the potential to do a completely different type of action that other action movies might not be might not be able to shoehorn in. You can just do the samurai thing. Just do the samurai thing. That's my note for Blades of the 47 Ronin and the third one. And um, also, just to retcon, and just to go back to the original movie, just say that the demon knight that the witch made survived. Just, <laughs> you love Johnny, that demon knight. Johnny, there is a character in the original 47 Ronin that is a, uh, a demon that uh, the witch makes that is a perfect warrior, and it, it, it fights all these samurai and kills them and stuff. And at the end, it is defeated somehow. And just to, to go, you know what? That thing survived. No one's seen it for hundreds of years. And now it's walking into downtown LA. And the living Ronin and our, our good friend Luna have to go stop it. I, that's cool as hell. It's a different premise from this one. And I, as uh, Johnny, you kind of touched on this earlier. They can't really do this again. They can't do the... We have to get the swords or the X, whatever. We have to get it before the witches. It's done. They got to do something different. It's like the whole movie is a metaphorical game of steal the bacon, which is something that they actually play for real during the training montage. Uh, that also amused me is that they're basically doing the steal the bacon thing where they're lined up on op opposite sides and, and running to the middle to grab something. Uh, but yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's all a metaphor. But, you know, they can always have another MacGuffin that they're fighting over in the next movie. It's like, well, thank goodness we have retained the sword of power, but now there's the chalice of truth or, or whatever that the, that the witches want. And like, you, you know, there, there's always something to steal. I think the witch stuff could be weirder and witchier. Oh, way There's weirder. a part in 47 Ronin where Keanu like goes into a cave to talk to his like demon dad and it's fucking crazy. It and is I crazy. feel like uh, this, they could do more of that. They could like Blade of the 48 Ronin could be like, we got to fight demons now and they look like fish people and they are scary fucked up weirdos and they want to eat us or whatever and that'd be fun yeah i kept waiting for something like in uh the eddie uh, aforementioned eddie murphy movie the golden child where he's like talking to the woman who's behind the screen and then at a certain point he knocks down the screen and she's like a weird snaky dragon lady mm -hmm. uh it's like yes yeah, so have something like that happen i mean i know that's expensive and netflix doesn't want to spend money on stuff like that but like at least something would be happening like yeah i agree get weird get, get like if if we're dealing with magic then anything should be possible the witch guy should like reveal himself to be like a snake monster like 100 mm -hmm. that would yeah. have been really exciting for the end of he this would be movie. horribly cgi and it would it would look I bad would like but at least it. it would look like something yeah 
I mean, just because that big final fight is so unbelievably boring between like the so three good boring. guys and the one bad guy. If he was a snake guy, at least you'd have that. The Eddie Murphy talk has me thinking because we've been soft pitching sequel titles for Blade of the 47 Ronin. We, uh, uh, how about another 47 Ronin? I mean, yeah, that's the mm-hmm. usual move, right? Yeah, or or forty-eight Ronin, which actually I think one of you already made. I already made that joke, it, but I like okay. it for a forty-eight hours thing. It kind of works. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, yeah. This is not an Eddie Murphy joke, but I feel like the other option is like cup of the forty-seven Ronin, or mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. armor of the forty-seven Ronin. You follow that sort of trajectory. Yeah. Uh huh. Forty-seven guys. Ronin cop three. Haunted Mansion of the 47 Rona. That one's really good. <laughs> and then you get a bunch of ghosts of the 47 Ronin. Boom. Done. Yeah, exactly. Like like we said, magic exists. It doesn't mind, it matter if they're all dead. Just, you know, bring them back. <laughs> Hannah Blackman. Yeah, her? You are trying to sell a sword in Budapest. <gasps> yeah. You do... Everything goes fine because mm-hmm. there's no such thing as magic or samurai feuds that have lasted centuries. You just sell the sword. It's a fun little toy, and some absolute dorkus of a man bought it from you for $18,000. It's not that With much. your new found money, would you buy a subscription to Netflix to watch Blade of the 47 Ronin? No, I guess the answer is no. Like, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't get Netflix specifically to watch this movie. And I also don't think Netflix has that much on it for me in general these days. So it'd be kind of just like a waste of my money, especially when Netflix costs are going up. Sorry to my buddy Ashton Kutcher, but your rom-com was not worth it, honey. (laughs) Will I watch his Steve Jobs movie also on Netflix? Maybe, maybe Netflix is making a comeback for me this week. Uh, no, this movie's not good. I admit it's not good. I clearly liked it better than you guys did, but not by much. I just, uh, I think it has, it has like a, a glimmer of something in there. And maybe it's just like young people who I like to look at, but I'll watch Blade of the 48 Ronin, but now they're samurai again. I'll watch it, <laughs> probably. The, the one guy talking in this movie about how the Ronin from the first movie were ronin where, where he's going, there were uh, 47 samurai, but then they were uh, masterless and they had to mm. wander. It just made me think of people who are just discussing drama that doesn't matter anymore. They're like, yeah, my ex-girlfriend really used to not get along with her dad. And I'm like, you need to stop thinking about that. The, for- the, the 47 Ronin thing, that doesn't affect you in 2022. You don't need to, you don't need to be telling people about that. <laughs> That's over. This movie also isn't very interested in, like, the code of honor stuff that's so important to the 47 Mm -hmm. Ronin. Or, like, the will we do the right thing even though it is against our code and therefore puts our lives at risk. Not part of the, like, thematic underpinnings of this movie at all, which is... Will the game after the theme song be... Which actions in the movie Blade of the 47 Ronin are Bushido or Confucianism? <laughs> Only one way to find out. But yeah, great point. It just is barely taking elements. Barely. And there's stuff you can take while also not really being a sequel in any way, but like thematic, whatever. Anyway, Johnny Pomato. 
Yeah. You are a Ronin living in modern day Budapest because you could yeah, go home well, to Japan or wherever. Live? Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you are born and bred from Budapest. God bless you. Um, but, you know, you don't have a samurai master anymore and you're just kind of hanging out. And you love the street food in Budapest. You just, like, love it. And you're constantly at the food markets nibbling a little of this, that, and the other. Um, So while you're sitting at a little table eating ramen or a burger or whatever, are you going to pop on Blade of the 47 Ronin so you don't look like a weirdo eating alone? Uh, First off, thank you for mentioning the street food scene (laughs) because it reminded me of the scene in which they eat ramen and one of and uh ryo says uh haven't you ever seen the japanese movie tampopo and how they talk about ramen in that movie and then they just plagiarize speech from that movie just he just recites it it's like oh okay i guess since you're acknowledging the movie you can just say like hey do you ever see this movie i'm gonna tell you apart from it now he recites Uh, it to two women who are like we've never seen it we don't know what the fuck you're talking about (laughs) it's just a reminder that like hey you could be watching better movies it's actually a pretty good representation of of hanging out with a film bro <laughs> that's true that's true yeah um so yeah I, I i guess uh when watching this movie uh you and if you are reminded that you could be watching better movies uh than that uh just know that that's most movies most movies are uh look i uh i i did not like this and i wanted to be fair and kind to it and say like, well, okay, at least it's it's uh, it, it you know it goes down smooth. It's kind of just a fun jumping around with swords movie, and it's giving some good employment opportunities to Asian American actors. Good, good, good. But uh, it, it's it's just it's so flavorless and and bland. And like, there's potential there. It's like, yeah, which is v samurai? Like, how is this so boring? Uh, but uh, you know, I I'm, I'm mad that I broke my no Netflix rule for this. Uh, I'm going to uh make my wife uh change her password again so i can't log into it by mistake (laughs) and uh i really hope it takes them a very long time to make a third one uh because i just know that andrew's going to make us watch it so uh no no i (laughs) cannot recommend this but uh hey if you like it good for you i i I hope you enjoyed it i will say that the recent tour of authorized bonus content sometimes feels like me swearing off franchises (laughs) (laughs) You never have a good time with these. No, I think there's a real possibility that when we get uh, Willow Season 2, you won't be getting a bonus episode on it. Will there be a Willow Season 2? Willow, there be? Well, they set one up, so we'll oh, see okay. if Disney decides it's worth it. Yeah, I, th- I think there's bad times at Disney Plus these days. Uh, but yeah, you, right. you didn't hear that from me, and certainly not my I friend. I tell you, I them. tried to get onto Disney Plus on my laptop today, and it would not let me in. It just like loaded, loaded, loaded for like 25 minutes. Well, because I think it's a Mandalorian premiere day, so it was probably overloaded with their, their servers or something. It but better be uh, the answer. Yeah, I had to go yeah, to like... my fucking TV and watch The Mandalorian on a Roku, which I just mm. wanted to watch it in bed. Yeah. On my laptop. People love that guy. Which guy? Pedro Pascal? The the Mandalorian, the, the Mr. fictional yeah, Mr. character. Mr. Mandalorian himself, yeah. Andrew Overby. Hi. Um, you are a lady samurai, but you're not called a samurai. You have a different title because you're a woman, and that's it's a geisha something. Which it's is something crazy. geisha. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. And you also have to fight in like mini skirts. Like that's part of your uniform. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And everybody's cool with it, apparently. Though it seems not very practical. 
when the guy in your group gets to wear like a track suit and that's cool like he doesn't have to anyway you though <laughs> like you're not busy all the time due to like you're just a pro so like you're not training constantly you're not running on missions just hanging out with your uncle slash dad slash adopted something or other um growing as a human being mm. um then you're sort of like not a boyfriend, but a boy that you might be friends with is like, yo, have you seen the movie Blade of the 47 Ronin? And then he quotes like a chunk of it to you. Does that inspire you to watch the movie? And if so, do you keep seeing him or do you dump him forever? Uh, I think I would dump him. I thought this was <laughs> really bad. Uh, I was interested. I'm always interested to see how they're going to squeeze a sequel out of uh, something that doesn't seem like it should have one. But what I like about that, I mean, the 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 part in me that loves the Saw franchise, this is the same guy. What I like about that is that I like when a movie bends over backwards to explain how a sequel happened. This thing, <laughs> this thing where they just go, you know what, I don't know, she's Kai's descendant and there's swords and they... They just got to get the swords. This level of narrative laziness is not exciting to me. Uh, I would, I want to see some deranged sequel where they go, uh, several of the actors from 47 Ronin who weren't Keanu because we couldn't get him were actually frozen after they were beheaded. And we think we blah, 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 blah. blah. I want to see some terrible retconning bullshit like that. Not this uh, slap together morass of ass so uh, i really didn't like it um but yeah there were some good elements all that all the actors are cuties and mm -hmm. uh I, I will say that it, it's it's like it was impossible for me to pay attention to the movie impossible and and moments from it are coming back to me as if from like memories of like an alcohol blackout like i just remembered <laughs> that part where that where she's training with the sword and she's putting it through the rings at the slowest mm -hmm. speed you could possibly imagine and her trainer's looking at her going impressive you know how to stab and i'm going she's stabbing so slow she's gonna die <laughs> she also like never has to do samurai stuff like she Ever. never asked to uh, use any of those skills to our listeners Please remember to rate our podcast, review it, subscribe to it, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash authorized pod. Uh, and for the outro, it's the movie came out last year. So a book from last year. Okay. And as usual, I'm going to close the episode by reading a passage from a classic piece of literature. Please do tweet at authorized pod if you think that you recognize what this is from. Hey, Luna. I just wanted to say, I'm really sorry about your tragic yet vague past. Oh, it's okay, other character. Ever since I learned I was a witch and descended from witches, I'm glad my mom died. Good night.
So, as we all know, Blade of the 47 Ronin continued the through line of the movie 47 Ronin. The most important thing that was definitely central to the plot, which was uh, uh, samurai versus witches is what the whole franchise is about. And so I ask you, please give me name and loyalty. So here's how this is going to work. I'm going to show you a character. You're going to tell me that character's name. Ah! <laughs> Which... <laughs> This is going to be a real short or long game. I really tried to learn people's names. I watched the movie this morning, and I was like, I will learn the names. Well, how'd that go for you, Hannah? Well, it's been three hours, so it's, <laughs> we'll find yeah, out. Yeah, You can also buzz in and give the characters loyalty, whether they're loyal to the samurai or to the witch Ooh, okay. is. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, or you can guess both. So just buzz in with your first name. I remember one name, so I, I, I hope Hannah is generous and, and does a one Mississippi and let me buzz in on, uh, on the one that I remember. I'll see what I can do. So let's get started right now. The character who isn't Keanu, that is on screen right now, name and loyalty, please. Hannah. Hannah Blackman. She is a samurai, and her name is like on- Onenbi or something like that? I should know the answers to these. You wrote the puzzle, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I can't remember this movie to save my fucking life. She's definitely a samurai. You're getting that point. Yep. Let's give her the other point, too, because I don't know. Oh, my God. Up next. No one does. No one does? <laughs> no one could. They don't say her name enough, so it was hard. Though she's, like, the main character. She has cool braids. I think a fun game would be to uh, ask the actors who played these roles if they remember their names. <laughs> I, yeah, I think the uh, answers would surprise us. Up next, what is this character's name and or loyalty? Johnny. Johnny? Well, okay, if we're doing or loyalty, I can say he, he real bad. He, he, he loyal to the witches. And his name is... Uh, Alec Baldwin hair oh, from the yeah. You could try, Johnny. You could try. Uh, I'm sorry. It's it's been a whole four days since I watched this. This uh, is, I, I believe, the central antagonist. It's kind of hard to remember, but it's the slick back hair man. He has the gloves on. That's how you know he's evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, his name is Yurei, mm. and he is loyal to the witches. Mm-hmm. Yes. Up next. Name and loyalty, please. Johnny. Johnny Pomato. I'm being too nice, Johnny. I'm going to stop doing it. It's the only character whose name I remember. Her name is Luna, and she is loyal to the samurai, but she's a witch. Twist. Yes, I'm going to give it to you, Johnny. Uh, Her name is Luna, and she's loyal to the samurai. I was hoping someone would fall on their face by claiming the witch twist as her loyalty, but you're too damn smart. Up next, name and loyalty, please. Is it witch or samurai? Oh, wait a minute. This is Vin Diesel in Season of the Witch, or whatever that movie is called. (laughs) The Witch Hunter. Uh I think he's Uh anti-witch. I don't know his character's name. Okay, but so you you're saying his loyalty is t- is to what? I guess technically samurai because I think he is an anti-witch guy. This is of course everyone's favorite character from The Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> I saw that uh, movie in a theater. Would, 
Didn't you just call it the other witch name? Yeah, Hannah? I did. But I saw this movie mm. in a movie theater. Doesn't mean I remember everything about it. It counts. His name is, of course, Calder mm. with a K. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just by process of elimination, his loyalty is Samurai. Yeah. Sure. I'm taking the point, baby. He does have a samurai sword in that uh, poster, right? That, or is that a, a big broadsword? A bow staff? Oh, okay. The two hander. Up next, name and loyalty, please. Uh, is this one of the bad guys from the last samurai? Please, bear oh, with your Hannah. First name. <laughs> Hannah Blackman. Is this one of the bad guys from the last samurai? Hannah, if that were true, what would their name and or loyalty name? Be? I could not say, but loyalty. I'm going to go process of elimination. Which Johnny, you have the name for this guy. <laughs> uh, well, I think. Tony Goldwyn is a little like Tony Danza in which every character he plays is named Tony. So I'm going to go with Tony. <laughs> this is, of course, Colonel Bagley uh, from The Last Samurai. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is, of course, loyal to the witches. Yep, taking it. Up next, name and loyalty, please. Johnny. Johnny uh, Pomato. I don't remember his name, but he is in Brotherhood of the Wolf and John Wick 3, and he is also the star of this, and he is loyal to the samurai. Is that true? That he's right? also in Blade of the 47 Ronin? Yes. No, isn't this the guy in... Like, I I legitimately made a game I can't win and don't know the answers <laughs> to. Isn't this the guy that, that does a turncoat on them? No. no. No, he's the hero who dies. Oh, spoiler. Oh, gosh, we've ruined this for our listening audience. I really combed over the plot synopsis of this movie after watching it to be like, let me get this oh, right. Man. So this is, of course, Shinshiro. But this is not a screenshot from the movie. Yeah, isn't this... Uh, uh, this might be him in John Wick 3? Look, uh. we all make mistakes. <laughs> and while I've written that he's loyal to the witch, it's not true. So no points for it's anybody. Just, no, no, he can get the point no. for getting it right. I don't think it's fair because you gave us an unfair image, which is not from this movie. And if you had given me an image wow. of this guy from this movie, I would have buzzed in. <laughs> wow, that's fair. Thank you. I'll give Johnny a point anyway, but I'm contesting it. I think he deserves the point. I'll take a half point. You can have a whole point, but... Uh-huh. If it comes down and we tie, know that I win. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it's that kind of point. <laughs> yeah. it, th- th- that's abundantly clear. <laughs> Up next, name and loyalty, please. Johnny. Johnny Pomato, what are we looking at? We're looking at Nicolas Cage in the aforementioned, the, no, wait, Season of the Witch. <laughs> oh, gosh. They are easy to confuse. Yeah. Uh, Thank yes. you. Season of the Witch. Uh, and uh, I, 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 uh, I did see this movie once. Uh, and I forgot Ron Perlman was in it with him. But yeah, this is this is Nick Cage. And he he, he, he hunts witches. He doesn't let, he's not the last witch hunter. That would be Vin Diesel, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, he is a witch hunter. So his loyalty must be to the samurai. These characters, as everyone knows, are named Beeman and Felsen. And they are loyal to the samurai, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by implication. Up next, and possibly the last question. Yeah. Name and loyalty, please. Uh, what are we looking at, Hannah? Hannah. These are the mice from Cinderella live action. Johnny! And they are loyal to the samurai. No, witches. I don't know. 
What do, I, I don't know what to do here. I guess I'll take Hannah's guess. No, no. Johnny can answer the question. Johnny, what is your guess? I will say that their names are Bruno and... Who's the main kid in The Witches? Which, you know, these mice do not like witches because they used to be children. And therefore, they would they would much prefer samurai. What's the name of the kid? Charlie? No, that's Is the chocolate Is Robert Zemeckis' one. The Witches? I'm afraid so. I, I think no. that that's right. Is it? Is it? I, I, I don't think I saw the entirety of that film. I have I, no idea what this character's name is. And they are, of course, from The Witches. What is... A movie where uh, uh, late-era Robert Zemeckis goes, what if I was late-era Tim Burton? And it turns out it would be bad. <laughs> Johnny, what uh, is the loyalty of these little Oh, boys? Oh, samurai it would be, because mm-hmm. they sure don't like witches, right? Mm-hmm. These humans are very upset to have been turned into mice, and they are, of course, against the witches who did it to them. Therefore, samurai. Their real enemy is Robert Zemeckis for making that movie. So I'm told. Anyway, Johnny, you win on your own merits. Congratulations. I only was able to prevail because this game got meta. If it had stuck to the characters from the movie, I would have been screwed. I was ready for the characters from the movie. I think I could have done three or four more characters from the movie. (laughs) I I like to have a little bit of a meta narrative to the games, obviously. (laughs) But also, the other reason we couldn't just do all the characters... <clears throat> is because I'm not posting a slideshow to social media where if you don't listen to the episode, it looks like I'm saying all people of certain ethnicities look the same and I get them confused. Sorry, I'm not going to do it. That That's probably a wise decision. <laughs> a lot of pitfalls. 